Welcome to Timely Wisdom with Drs. Alice Bradford, Sarita Wright, Brenda Wallace, Carolyn Carlisle, and I am Venice Burns. You can watch us live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Central Standard Time. Follow us on Facebook. Subscribe on YouTube. Today our guest is Bishop Carletta J. Vaughn. Holy Spirit is my brand part two. This was recorded on January 19, 2021. Amen. Bishop Carletta J. Vaughn has been a trailblazer and forerunner among women in ministry for the last 40, 47 years. She is the senior pastor of the Holy Ghost Cathedral Church. As an advocate of scholarship, Bishop Carletta J. Vaughn received both bachelor's and master's degree from Wayne State University, William Tyndale Bible College, and Oral Roberts, Roberts University, respectively. She is currently, I said currently, pursuing a PhD at Regent University. She holds a doctor of theology from the um, Christ for the Nations Institute of Binyan City, Nigeria. Mm. Bishop Carletta is a pneumatologist. Yes. She lives and breathes Holy Spirit. She is committed to living a life that exemplifies freedom, healing, and deliverance. Her style of teaching and preaching is one that will not allow you to leave the way you came. Hallelujah. Come on, let us welcome the one and only Bishop Carletta J. Vaughn. Yes, 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 yes. Hello, everybody. Yes. I'm so excited to see you guys. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. And you guys look amazingly beautiful, may I say. I thought I would dress like you all. Oh, Holy Spirit is my brand, and I'm so excited about it. Thank you again. Yeah, no, thank you for sending us the shirts. We are grateful um, that you yes. are um, are moving in the Holy Spirit, and you wear you're wearing it. Um, as I shared earlier, you can own this shirt as well. Go to go um, go tell it. Dot dot org. And you can own this shirt as well. Well, yes. Bishop, how are you doing in, in, in these streets? How are you doing? <laughs> I'm out I'm out here in these Facebook streets. <laughs> I'm out here in this social media world. I'm out here uh every morning, Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Eastern. And um, thousands of people are coming to hear about Pentecost in the pandemic. So what began, I thought was just going to be from the tomb to the upper room, which is 40 days. And I said, well, maybe it'll be okay. Pentecost in the pandemic. We'll go through the whole entire season of Pentecost, 26 weeks. And that ended. (laughs) And I said, well, Lord, what are we doing? And he said, I said, Pentecost in a pandemic. Mm-hmm. So we are still in the pandemic. And so we are still on Monday through Friday at 7 a.m. Eastern. And it's been amazing. It's We're way over 100 days. I don't even know where we are now. Yes, yes. But so many men and women of God are, have started to join mm-hmm. testimonies. People are now posting about the engagement and the encounters that's happening. 
And so more people are coming on every day from Pakistan to Australia to West Indies to Kenya to Nigeria, Ghana, uh, the UK, South Africa. We People are coming on from everywhere, including the indigenous United States of America. Because here, here's what I believe. I believe everybody wants to know about the Holy Ghost. Everybody. Mm-hmm. Yes. They don't know what it is, but they, they want to know. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we're doing. And I'm excited about being able to share that with you all as well. I think it's so vital that you all are wearing the shirts. It's so amazing. We've sold out five times wow. since Pentecost in the pandemic. And we keep a lot of stock in it. So yes. thank you so wow. much. Yes. And now that they're coming in long sleeves, we're working on hoodies, we're working on everything. So it's amazing because it's a message. It's yeah. it's a conversation starter. It's yes. it warms people up to just say, Well, what is that? Holy Spirit, could you tell me about the Holy Spirit? And it's just spreading the message of Pentecost about the whole world. Yes. Yes. Praise the Lord. Well, with that, uh Bishop, uh, yes. thank, you, thank you. Thank you so much for my shirt. Uh, and it came in the exact right colors. Wow. <laughs> yes. Yes. It came in. Uh, Y'all look good. My question for look you. That. Oh, look at this. Okay, wait. Okay, so I got some. Let me figure this out. I got some Greek sisters up in here. Absolutely. <laughs> I, so I saw that. I see that. What else? I see that. Yeah. Okay, okay. Well, I, I, I got you. I got you. <laughs> no, absolutely. And we just have so much fun with it, Bishop. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. it, it just says, oh, God, thank you. Thank Your you. tribe is on here. Your tribe is on here, Bishop. Yes. Oh, wow. Good morning, tribe. Good afternoon. Good evening. And, and so your vice president is coming in tomorrow. Your hallelujah. <laughs> I'm so I don't know what in the world to do, but I want the world to know um, the, the, the answer to, to my question. And it is, does the Holy Spirit continue to manifest itself without tongues? So I think I understand the question. Um, Holy Spirit has multiple, multiple assignments, all right? So Jesus says in the 14th chapter of John, as well as the 16th chapter of John, that first of all, he's a comforter, Mm -hmm. all right? So there are times when the Holy Spirit doesn't talk at all. Okay. He's a comforter. He also is a helper. He's an advocate. He's there, a parakletos. He's there to help, to guide, to stand in. Uh, He's there as the spirit of truth. Uh, And so the Bible says that he leads us and guides us into all truth. And then Jesus says that the Holy Spirit will convict you. He will convict us of when we get it off, when we're off, when we're not in the truth. He convicts us of righteousness. He convicts us of sin. And he convicts us of judgment. And so there are times when the Holy Spirit doesn't speak. When you and I come to the knowledge, the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, it's the Holy Spirit that's drawing us. Mm-hmm. All right. So he's not even talking. He's drawing us. He's attracting us. He opens our ears 
We can sit in church a million times and not be quickened by the gospel. And then all of a sudden, one day we are. That's the Holy Spirit working. So Holy Spirit is working in more than one dimension. It's not just working in a natural dimension. He's working in a supernatural dimension. He's working in the spiritual dimension. The Bible says that when we come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ, we believe the gospel, that the Holy Spirit seals us, that he is the seal of our salvation. He is the earnest of the inheritance of the purchased possession, which is our faith. So he seals us, the Bible says, Ephesians 2, until the day of redemption. And so there's a lot of different moving parts to this precious gift of the Holy Spirit. Paul says that Holy Spirit is also the wisdom of God, that he alone, he alone knows the thoughts and the intents, the mind of God. So sometimes he's not talking, but he's thinking through you. Then the Bible says in Romans 8 that he is also the person that helps us in our weaknesses. For he makes intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered because he alone knows the perfect will of God. So there are many moving parts to God, the Holy Spirit. He is omnipresent. He is omnipotent. And he is omniscient. He is all-knowing. He's all-knowing. He's omniscient. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere at the same time. Praise God for that. And he's omnipotent. He has all power. There's no distinction between what Holy Spirit is doing in the earth and the power, the same ability, even greater ability, because when Jesus was in the earth, he was not omnipresent. He was not omniscient. He was not omnipotent. But Holy Spirit now is all that we need. And he is the very thing, that person that God has left in the earth. So that's the roundabout way to get to the next place. And after we get saved, or after we confess Jesus as our Savior, now you can experience what we call the promise of the Father, Acts chapter number one, Luke 26, the promise of the Father, which is the baptism with the Holy Spirit. So the indwelling comes with no noise comes with no noise at all. You are indwelt by the spirit by faith. But the baptism of the Holy Spirit comes with sounds, comes with noise, comes with supernatural wonders. Remember Acts chapter number two, the winds were blowing. Remember that the fire of the cloven tongues was falling and they all began to speak with tongues. So I always like to make the distinction that there is a working of the Holy Spirit that does not involve speaking in tongues. There is a working of the Holy Spirit that does not involve the supernatural. Mm -hmm. But then when you cross the threshold and decide, you know, I want more. Now the gateway, the baptism with the Holy Spirit opens up the tongues, the gifts of healings, the working of miracles, the gift of faith, prophecy, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, discernment of spirit. Now you're walking into a different dimension with Holy Spirit and tongues are over there. Thank you so much, Bishop. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I, I, it, it um, confirmed 
what I believe. So thank you so much for that explanation. I appreciate that. Absolutely welcome. Dr. Carlisle. Uh, Bishop Vaughn, could you define fluidity? <laughs> Ooh, child, I sure wish I could. <laughs> I sure wish I could. It's a word that, that the Holy Spirit gave me. I was listening to a, a sermon my, my, my members, my sister, posted yesterday that's three years old and Holy Spirit, while I was preaching, gave me this word fluidity. The other day in Pentecost in a pandemic, he brought it back again. I heard it, fluidity. So let me make a stat of this. Uh, flu, flu, fluidity is, I believe, a state of being or a state of motion that I believe Holy Spirit operates in continuously. Yes. Holy Spirit is never static. Holy Spirit is always in motion. That spirit realm, if I could, if I could just open, you know how you go to the movie and you get those glasses and so you can see 3D. I wish I could give y'all some Holy Spirit glasses so you can see the activity of Holy Spirit at all times. Man, sometimes I'm laying in my bed and I can feel him. He's just moving. I'm like, Holy Spirit, what are you doing? You're you're moving. He said, I'm moving. Get up. Get up. Move with me. I can feel it. There are times when it's not as uh, aggressive or it's not as as violent. I don't want to use the word violent, but it's not as strong. But he's constantly moved because he's spirit. God is spirit. That realm does not sleep. That realm does not rest. That realm doesn't sit down. There is no slumbering. There's no resting or napping in that realm. That realm is constantly active. Now, also in that realm, because it's a spirit realm, is also negativity. So there's principalities and powers and rulers and, and spiritual wickedness in high places. That's also the realm of angels. So there's there's warfare, there's activity, there's all kinds of, of motion, angels descending and ascending. This is all the time. Now, we, we live on this earthly ground, and so we are not accustomed to being seamless in our motions. We like stuff rigid and normal and regular and familiar and comfortable. We like that because that's the natural realm. But the spirit realm is not like that. And so the access into that space through the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, now causes us to have to change the way we move, the way we think, the way we operate, because that realm is fluid. Yes, It's never the same. You can sing one song today and the Spirit of the Lord get all over that song. And then next week you try to sing the same song and nothing happens because the Spirit of the Lord has moved since then. He's moving on something else. A lot of times by the time we arrive, the Holy Spirit has already moved on. So fluidity is that sense of, of motion, that sense of being able to keep up, if you will, with the movement of the Holy Spirit. 
And that means that we got to make changes to ourselves because Holy Spirit doesn't care nothing about what makes you feel comfortable. He doesn't care anything about the fact that you did it like that 35 times. He doesn't care. If you want the optimum results from Holy Spirit, we are going to have to learn to be fluid. And fluidity is that constant sense of motion and movement and keeping up and being able to flow where Holy Spirit flows without complaining, without arguing, without fighting, without needing a meeting, without needing to pray about it, but to be able to flow because that's where Holy Spirit is. So that's fluidity. Fluidity is the realm of the spirit in which we have been invited into, but you will not do well in that realm if you don't understand fluidity. And fluidity is the cure for rigidity. When we are rigid and don't like and don't like change, don't like things moving, but that ain't what you said. I know that's not what I said, but that's what I'm saying now. If those kinds of things bother you, then you're not fluid. You're going to have to learn. Holy Spirit knows the mind, the will of God. At all times, he's moving. He doesn't confirm it with us. He doesn't confer with us. He just wants to know, will you move with me? Can you move with me? And that's, the, that's what we got to work on in terms of being fluid or the space of fluidity. And that, that, that's, that's what's going to make you prosper over in this dispensation we now call Pentecost. And so many people are just not fluid because they're not comfortable. It's a place, sometimes it's scary, but it's so much fun. <laughs> you know, I'm already animated by personality. I love animations. I love cartoons when I was growing up. I like movement. I like motion. I like travel. I like being here, you know, in one country and then in the next country. And the next three days, I'm in another country. I'm in another nation. I like that. Holy Spirit loves it more than me. And so because that's the way you've always done it doesn't mean that's what Holy Spirit is doing today. Yes. It doesn't mean that's what, and it doesn't mean that that's what he's going to do tomorrow. Yes. 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 It's yes. We got to be, be able to move. And, and that's not just in church. I mean, that's on life. all mountains. Yes. Life. Yes. Life. Yes. Because Holy Spirit is not regulated to just church. Yes. Holy Spirit wants to get in all of your parts in every fraction of your life. He wants to help you with relationships, with finances, with sexuality, with business, with your profession, with, with, with all of the engagements, interaction with parenting, with being a wife, being a husband, being a shepherd, being a pastor, being a CEO. Holy Spirit is not limited to just church stuff. Holy Spirit is fluid. He's in every sector of life. And we've got to be able to tap in to this very, very powerful realm if we're going to have success in every area. Yes. Yes. Thank you.
and and so bishop how how does one shift when the holy spirit moves how how well let me just say anything that you began with holy spirit because he's the spirit of truth this is where tongues will help us speaking in tongues is one of the most powerful gifts and advantages that has been given to us to keep us sensitive to Holy Spirit. And Paul talks about this in 1 Corinthians 14. He says, when you pray in the spirit, you don't pray what is in your understanding for your understanding is negated or darkened. Praying in the Holy Spirit every day, praying in tongues, being able to pray in the Holy Ghost. I I tell people, you want to build yourself up to praying in the Holy Spirit at least an hour a day. And then as you begin to groom yourself in that space, then you want to go to an hour and a half. You want to go to two hours. You want to increase that to three hours. You want the majority of your prayer time to not be in English or your whatever your native tongue is. And so praying in the Holy Spirit, see, we got to get the fear of speaking in tongues out. We got to get this out of our heads. What we've been taught, it was all a lie. It was all wrong that only certain people can speak in tongues. That's a lie. That's just a lie. It's not, it's not, it's not wrong. It's a lie. And I need to call it a lie. All 120 people in that upper room received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and spoke with tongues. 3,000 the first day who received the message of Peter were, were baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost and spoke in tongues. 5,000 three or four days later. And it kept moving. The whole book of Acts. It was a, it was, it was a not, it was. It was a no-brainer. You repent, you get baptized, and you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Acts 2.38. We separated that last part. We say repent, be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and we stop. We don't take it to the next piece, which is, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So let me just... Let me just address this because it's the elephant in the room. When you reject Holy Spirit's gift and language in your mouth, this is his language. Tongues is a language, but it's the Holy Spirit's language. It's not some foreign, crazy something. It's the language of the Holy Spirit. Anytime I go into a country, I have to be able to communicate with those people by at least understanding the basics of their native language. Now, sometimes I have an interpreter when I preach and I need that because I'm not fluent in that language. But there are many times when I'm preaching and the Holy Spirit will give me certain things or I'm ministering to people and I can hear certain things in their language that makes it easier for me to communicate with them. 
So Holy Spirit has this language. And this language is simply given to us from the upper room when we want the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, the gift of the Holy Spirit, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, these are all biblical terms that help us to define the different roles of the Holy Spirit in our lives. But he comes talking. We serve a talking God. Moses talked to him on the mountain. Jesus came talking. Now the Holy Spirit talks. If you want to tap into him, then you got to talk in his language. If you want to be sensitive to him, then you have to be able to understand the dialogue between you and him. And that is his own language. So the more that I speak in his language, the more he speaks back to me, the more I speak back to him, the more alert, the more aware I am. Because what am I doing? I'm developing my spiritual repertoire. I'm developing my discernment. I'm developing my ability to be able to place God. And that when he says move, I can move. I know it's God. I don't have to second guess myself because I've developed a repertoire. I've developed a dialogue between Holy Spirit and myself in his language. That's what's missing. When you try to do this intellectually, you're going to screw it up. When you try to do this based on what they taught us in school, you're going to mess this up because he's not an intellect. He's spirit. Now, this is what's missing. We don't want to speak in tongues, but we want to know where the spirit of God is. It's not going to happen. You want to be led by the spirit? Then you're going to have to be able to speak his language. And that comes with even now, every day when I wake up, I'm speaking in tongues. Good morning, Holy Spirit. It's about the only thing I say in English in the morning. And then I begin speaking in tongues. I'm getting ready. It's four o'clock in the morning. I'm speaking in tongues. I'm brushing my teeth. I'm in the shower doing my hair. I'm speaking in tongues. I'm building it up because I need him to speak through me at 7 a.m. I need to be led by the spirit. And sometimes I get here, I have a few little notes. Sometimes I get here, I don't have nothing. I just sit here and I wait for him to speak through me. I wait for him to give me what it is that he wants to say. I'm just as surprised that the people are. I have to go back and listen to it because I have built a, a, a dynamic, intimate repertoire with him by speaking in his language and him speaking to me. He doesn't need me to try to figure this out. He needs to put this in my spirit and he needs me to deliver it in the way and in the accuracy in which he deposited. Y'all don't want to speak in tongues. That's the problem. You don't want to speak in tongues. You don't think that tongues are legitimate for whatever your reasons are, or you don't think it's necessary. That's fine. Stay over here in the natural realm. But if you come in over here in the spirit realm, Holy Spirit has his own language. Bishop, um, can you share um, a story I heard you share it in one of your um, 7 a.m. Um, broadcasts? I'm about um, a Hebrew a man who spoke Hebrew and he came up to you and um, was commenting on the, can you share that with, with our audience? I this? was at St. Paul AME in Cambridge, Massachusetts. I never will forget it. And you know, St. Paul is right in the middle of MIT, Boston University. So all of these 
university spaces, all of these very brilliant people. I just come in there with the Holy Ghost. And so I remember him walking up to me at the end of a service. He was a, he was a Jewish professor at one of the universities. And I, I want to say Boston U now, I'm not sure. But you know, you got Harvard, you got all that stuff going on up in there. And he said, you have the most beautiful Hebrewish tongue, Hebrewic tongue I've ever heard. Who taught you Hebrew? And I said, excuse me? He said, who taught you Hebrew? And I said, I don't know Hebrew. He said, your tongue is so perfect. He said, I don't think I've ever heard anything that perfect before. And I said, really? <laughs> I said, well, what did I say? And he proceeded to tell me what I said. And I said, sir, I don't know the language. That was a gift of the Holy Spirit that must have been for you because he knew you were here. And it would convince you that this was real. He said, wow, well, I'll be back tomorrow. And by the end of that meeting, he gave his life to the Lord and he was baptized with the Holy Spirit and spoke in tongues. Holy Spirit does all kinds of just wonderful, wonderful things like that. But that was for him to convince him that this was real. I don't know if I was speaking Hebrew or not. I don't know if anybody else knew it, but for him, Holy Spirit had interpreted it in his own language, Acts chapter number two, so he could hear the gospel in his own language and would know this was authentic. And by the end of that revival, he gave his life to Jesus. This Jewish man gave his life to Jesus and received the gift of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. I got stories. <laughs> I got so many wonderful stories, wonderful stories of this 46, 47 year journey that God has had me on. It's been amazing. Thank you for asking that. I always laugh when I think about that man. He was so baffled. He was like, where did you learn Hebrew? I was like, what? <laughs> you know, and after the service, you kind of half drunk and discombobulated anyway. And I didn't know what that man was talking about, but he was so sincere. But that was God's way of letting him know that he was in the right place and that God was real. Wow. Um, define spells. So, well, you share this in um, every morning um, for this week. Divine spells, soul ties, and delusions. And you, of course, you shared not every spell is brought on by trauma. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so, again, Holy Spirit speaks to me in the morning and he starts talking about these spells and these soul ties and these delusions. Um, so let me define it the way he defines it to me. Um, I'm going to have to write a dictionary about these Holy Ghost definitions. <laughs> But a spell is just simply something that someone is uh, bound to or, or or under the influence of uh, that. And sometimes people don't know that they're under spells. They don't know it. They're, they're just operating as normal. You know, sometimes dysfunction becomes normalized. You can normalize your dysfunction. 
So you can be under a spell and not know that you have been put under a spell. And it's not necessarily because someone has put you under it as, as in witchcraft or as in um, like when we're in the third world, those cultish tribal religions, but you can be under the spell of grief. You can have suffered such a loss or such a, a traumatic um, separation and you, your whole life now is captivated under grief. You know, you just live, you're living under that, that cloud of grief. I met a young lady one time and every time she would come in the room, she, it was just dark. It was like a dark cloud just walked in the room. She was under a spell. And I said to her, I said, what have you lost? It was so traumatic that now you're still grieving. And she said, what do you mean? I, she, I said, she said, I'm happy. I said, no, you're not. You're not happy because it was just a cloud. And she finally told me that it was the death of her mother. And I said, okay, would you like to be free from that? So it was a spell. She was under the spell of something and she didn't know. Um, I've been under a few spells myself from guys. I don't know if you ladies would like to admit it at this point. When you thought you were really in love, you know, you just really was crazy. Your mama told you that ain't no good for you. And your friends told you that, you know, it was crazy. And, but you was kind of you was captivated. Mm-hmm. And, and y'all ain't going to be honest right now, but I'm going to get my hands up. <laughs> Tell the truth, honey. Tell the truth. <laughs> yeah, I've, been, I've been under a few myself. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no shame. I just, look, it is what it is. And they lying to you, smiling, and you just grinning and going on. You just as captivated as you can be. I was under a couple during, during my lifetime. So I know what that feels like. Um, you can be in a space where you're in a church and um, you're captivated by uh, the leader and it can be a spell that's that you can you can suffer abuse and harm and you can't leave and the Lord didn't tell me to go and you know and, and when the Lord get ready for me to leave I'll leave but yet you're being abused or you're being violated you're not being centered you're not being valued but you're under a spell you can't get out. You can't, you can't, you can't find your way out. So those are spells. You're just captivated by something. Captivated by sadness, captivated by love, captivated by lust. You can be captivated by food. You know, you can be captivated by anything. So those are spells. Soul ties usually have to do with individuals that you've had some engagement with, or you've had some, some type of a relationship with. The first kind of soul ties, obviously, sexual. So you can have a soul tie with someone that you've been to bed with, not your 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 physical, your mate, or not your husband or wife. And the Bible says that when you are sexually involved with them, you take on their spirit, you become one spirit with them. And so even when you try to go uh, break that relationship, that that thing is still there. That's you, you have a tie. You have a soul tie. You began to examine every other man through those through that relationship, um, or you pine. I don't know if y'all old enough to know, but anything about that word, you pine after him, or you pine after her. <laughs> Long after the relationship is yeah. over, uh, and so that that you can you can find yourself in a place where you have a soul tie. You can have a soul tie. Jonathan and David had a soul tie. Um, the Bible says that they loved each other more than anything else in the world. That's a soul tie. Uh, now people try to make it whatever they try to make it, but I just see it as uh, David 
loving Jonathan and Jonathan loving David. But the Bible says that their their souls were knitted together. Uh, you can knit your soul to a person and they don't even know that you've knitted yourself to them. Uh, and so soul ties have to be cut. Someone has to bring attention to that. It also can uh, be a part of a lie-based thought. Sometimes uh, women particularly can fall in love with people and nobody ever said that they was going to love you. <laughs> you just went all the way in all by yourself. Uh, so, you know, I know ain't nobody going to know nothing about that either, but I'm, I'm telling too much of my business. <laughs> uh, you know, oh, he's going to marry me. He's going to marry me. You know, I've, I've seen this in Very ministry. You know, I've, I've seen this with, you know, women who, who are uh, dating married men, you know, and they're just so convinced that He's going to marry her. He's not going to leave that wife. Nine times out of 10, he's going to stay with his family. You know, and even if you get pregnant, even if you, but there's a soul tie. There's a soul tie. It crossed the threshold of safety. It has to be cut. Now, delusions. Delusions are, um, the Bible talks about how God will send a strong delusion. Have you believe a lie? We're watching that in our nation right now where there are people prophesying and people giving the word of the Lord and it hasn't happened. And yet 70 million people believe it's still going to happen. That's a delusion. That's a strong delusion. Even right now, there are people watching and will watch the television tomorrow thinking that something out of the ordinary is going to happen because it's going to be a fulfilling of prophecy that somehow or another, this inauguration is going to be disrupted. They have their own channel where they're listening to this constantly. Uh, some of my, my comrades in the gospel sent for angels from Africa and just under delusions, strong. You can want something so bad that you cannot believe the truth, that you can be put under a strong delusion where you believe a lie. So, soul spells, soul ties, delusions, but they all can be interrupted because they're patterns, certain patterns by the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit has been given to us to interrupt these patterns. When these people come out of this delusion, hopefully after tomorrow, and the president is the president and the vice president is the vice president, no longer elect. They're going to wake up and in, in, instead of saying we were wrong, they would rather buy into the optic that it was a fraud. That's a delusion. That's a delusion. They're under a delusion. So we can see it right here in our country where people believe something so strongly that even they would use the word of the Lord, say it's the word of the Lord, just to convince people that what it is they believe is the truth, but it's a lie. There's a scripture in the Old Testament, I got to find it, where God put a lie in the mouth of a prophet. While the true word of God was coming forth, there was another prophet. The Bible says that God put a lie in their mouth because the people wouldn't believe the truth. And we're looking at delusional, delusional behavior, delusional behavior. 
Unbelievable that we would live to see this. And this has nothing to do with a, 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 a Republican or Democratic Party now. It's gone to the delusional stage where this is still, they are still praying that something is going to happen the day before the inauguration just to make their candidate come back in office. Look at that candidate. He's delusional. And what we don't want to be is delusional. And it's easy. It's easy. Don't think that, that because that's so big and so obvious, we all can get in some delusion. That's why we need the Holy Spirit. Spirit of truth that bring us out of error. Bring us back over into truth. And he does it so sweetly. Does it? You're always in a truth teller. Someone to tell you the truth. You may not like it. Sometimes people are under the spells of their hurt. Not every childhood was a good childhood. Some mothers were not good mothers. Some dads were absent. They were not good dads. And children are still carrying a soul tie with that trauma. But we have to be careful Ooh. as preachers that we are not carrying a soul tie to a move of God that is no longer the move of God. We have to be very careful. That's why you have to be fluid. Because you can be caught in something that was great, that was good, that was powerful, but it's moved on. And you're still trying to keep that move, the current move, when it's not. So we all have to be very mindful. All have to be careful. Soul ties, spells, and delusions. Bishop, you want to talk about um, spells even in the church, institutionalizing old moves? Oh, yeah. Um, I gave this um, I gave this example when um, Charles, when Bishop Mason, I'll call him by his name, Bishop Mason, went to the Azusa because he was a Baptist. He was ordained a Baptist minister in Arkansas. And he went to Azusa because he had heard of this move of the Holy Spirit. Azusa was taking place and it was just really, so he went to California. And when he got in there, he received the gift of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And God gave him a revelation on holiness, living holy. After he'd been there for some months, he went back to Arkansas and began to share what he had experienced at Azusa. And they threw him out. They said it wasn't God. He said, you know, you're speaking in tongues and that ain't God. You're talking about holiness. It was about 100 Baptist pastors. And he left and only 10 left with him. But that movement with those 10 is now the largest African-American denomination in the world. It's called the Church of God in Christ. Those people that he went back to, that church is still in existence. That church is still in existence in the old move. Church of God in Christ moved on. Mason birthed a whole new movement of the Holy Spirit. Now, who's going to look at the Church of God in Christ and say that ain't God? Ooh, I want to meet you. <laughs> but it was birthed because people were stuck in an old move. The Baptists, we've always had great 
Trinitarian doctrine, great preachers, great scripture, great Christology. But he came back with pneumatology and we couldn't receive it. And today, my denomination, the Baptist church, for the most part, is still stuck. Still stuck. Now, take the church of God in Christ. Powerful move of God. Over 65 million members. But they still don't ordain women. They still have not centered women in key positions. So even though they had a fresh move then, is it now a relevant move? Is it still, is it still the move of God? <laughs> it keeps moving, folks. So all of us can get indoctrinated and institutionalized in a move because it satisfied us. It was powerful. I said this years ago, I said, all of these new bishops that are coming up, bishops being consecrated, being elk, being ordained and being invested. To, there's a move coming where bishops will not be needed. We're going to go back to God's indigenous intent of apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And we're going to use bishops like adjutants. And everybody just looked at me stupid. I said, it's okay. I just say what I hear. He downloads it. I dump it. I'm not responsible. But we're at the precipice of that right now. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ in the post-pandemic era is going to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And then bishops, elders, and deacons. I just say what I hear. My God, that's powerful. I have a question though. Yes, how, how how can one get unstuck? Well, God will the Holy Spirit will always lead us into truth. He may not like how he does it. Um, he always will lead us into truth. If you have even a minimal relationship with the Holy Spirit, he will lead you into truth. He'll lead you to somebody. He'll lead you to Pentecost in the pandemic. He'll lead you to a crazy, crazy woman from Detroit. He'll lead you to different people, different opportunities to hear truth, to, to wake you up, to shake you up. It's, remember this. What Holy Spirit does is not a work of the intellect. It's not by might nor by power, but it's by my spirit. And you've got to, you, you, you've got to be able to, to say, Holy Spirit, if I'm stuck, in something, if there's spells that I need that I'm not aware of, if there's some delusion, Holy Spirit, bring truth to me. Bring the truth tellers to me and let me not get offended when I hear the truth. Let me not get my feelings hurt when I hear the truth. Let's not try to do something. Let's yield to Holy Spirit to do it. That's who is going to unstick us. That's who's going to cut the soul ties. He will always work through people. He will bring someone to you. He will bring an opportunity to. Can I tell y'all a little story right quick? So I'm a little evangelist and just starting out and filled with the Holy Ghost and going through my purification, right? Holy Spirit speaks to me through a radio show and he says, I need you to go to Tulsa. 
I said, Tulsa, Oral Roberts was alive and he was having something called Charismatic Ministers Fellowship, inaugural opportunity. And I said, boy, I need to go. I was just starting my ministry. I had a secretary and had an office and everything. So Holy Spirit said, take Pat with you. I said, okay. So I went to work the next morning. I told her what God said. We got ready. We went. To, we went. I was bored out of my brains. And so there was Oral Roberts, Jared Savelle, Kenneth Copeland, all of the charismatic group. And I didn't know none of these people. I just would listen to Oral Roberts on the radio. The last, I'm getting ready to leave because I'm so annoyed. I'm, I'm saying, Lord, why am I here? Why am I here? And he said, just wait. So I sent Pat back to the hotel to start packing because we're going to leave that afternoon after everything's over. The last person to get up, or Roberts got up, he said, we've not taken an offering, but Benson is here from Nigeria. I'm going to ask him to take the offering and our budget is $1.5 million. Whoa. So that, you know, that caught my attention. Now I saw this big black, black African had on a white Akbala. And he came up and he began to talk. And for the first time in three days, the power of the Holy Spirit shut that place. And I said, Ooh, who is that? And then he began to proceed to take the offering. No begging, no, 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 you know, monkey stuff, no gorilla stuff, just true genuine anointing oil. I mean, this guy was like crazy. I sat down in my seat and I leaned forward. Never will forget, I was in the maybe center. And I leaned forward and I said, Lord, I need that anointing in my life. Now, I was talking about the grace to receive that kind of offering. I was talking about the grace to receive an offering because I'm on the field all the time. I need that grace to receive the offering. I said, God, I need that anointing in my life. The man raised $1.8 million in less than 20 minutes, cash and checks, credit cards. No pledges, no envelopes over 30 days. Did it. I said, God, I need that anointing in my life. They were getting ready to dismiss. I ran out, got on the van, went across the street to the hotel, which was across from Oral Roberts. I ran in the lobby and the hotel doors were open. I said, hold the doors. I ran on the elevator. I jumped on the elevator. I got in front. And who was on there? All Roberts, <laughs> Jerry Zavale, Rob, James Robinson, Gloria Cope, all them people was on. I was like, whoa, hey. Like, oh, how did I get on this elevator? <laughs> so one by one, they started getting off. Oral gets off. He says, I, I was like, oh, my God, I want the elevator with Oral Roberts. This is crazy. They kept getting off. They kept getting off. So I'm bagging up. You know how you bag up? Other people getting I'm bagging up. Who's at the back of the elevator? This is a true story. This is, I'm telling you how Holy Spirit would do stuff. He's at the back of the elevator. I looked at him. He says, hello. At this point, the door opens. Everybody gets off. It's just him and I. He says, what is your name? I said, my name is uh, Corletta Harris. He says, Corletta Harris, you are an apostle to the Lord's church. Come to Nigeria. I said, come to Nigeria. He said, come to Nigeria. I said, well, I'm going to Kenya in December. He said, good, come to Nigeria. I said, I was just here months ago and there was a lady that came from Nigeria. She had your name. Her name was Margaret. Do you know her? He said, small. 
reached in his pocket, gave me a card. Elevator door opened. He turned back around and he said, come to Nigeria. Changed my whole life. You don't have to do anything. Ask the Holy Spirit. Send me the wind I need. Send me the direction I need. Send me the mentor I need. Send me the word I need that will get me out of every spell, every soul tie, and every delusion that I might operate at my peak performance for the rest of my life. That man took me to 39 nations, true apostolic father. That's who consecrated me, Bishop, 1995. Last year, I was a bishop for 25 years. Gave me a diocese of almost 400 churches. Took me around the world, showed me how to cast out devils. Showed me how to raise the dead. I saw him raise 21 people from the dead. Showed me how to pray until the heavens shut up. And then showed me how to pray so that rain would open back up. I'm telling you, all you have to do is want the Holy Spirit to help you. Changed my whole life. <laughs> I'm here today. From this apostolic posture, which is very different than some American folks that's running around saying the apostles with no power. I'm here today because I said, I need that anointing in my life. And God said, you want it? I'm going to put it on the elevator for you. You'll run into it. It'll run into you. All you got to do is want it. Y'all just rocking. Y'all ain't saying <laughs> that's all we can do right now, Bishop. Could you look if you see these comments, everybody's like, Oh, yeah, come, come, come to me, come to me. I mean, it's yes. Hey, can I lead them in a prayer right now? Yes, please. Listen, this is what you do because I can't see the audience. I'm just speaking to you by my own experience with the Holy Spirit. Yes, Lord. just lift your hand and say, Lord Jesus, come into my life. You are my savior. And give me the gift of the Holy Spirit. Every way that he can move in my life, I accept him now. Now, Holy Spirit, you lead me. You guide me into all truth. I yield my entire being to you. Everything that's about me, anything, my gifts, my talents, my calling, my ministry, my children, my home, my finances. My, my desire to be in business, my business, my career, my education, Holy Spirit, I yield today, the 19th of January, 2021. And from this day forward, you guide, you lead. Every soul tie, cut it. Every spell, interrupt it. In any place that I'm in delusion, send me the truth. Send me the truth, whether it's by a person, whether it's by a sermon, a message, a movement, whatever you have to do, Holy Spirit. I won't fight you. Mm. I won't resist you. I won't argue with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Bishop. Um, for being with us today. Thank you. 
Thank you, Bishop. Hallelujah. Today. Hallelujah. Mm. You'll Hallelujah. never be the same. You'll never be the same. You'll never be the same. Ooh, thank you. Hallelujah. <laughs> thank you. Those of you all who, who've not heard Bishop Vaughn, you can catch her every every mon morning, Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Facebook Live, Bishop Carletta J. Vaughn. Put in Carletta Vaughn. You'll be able to find her. Facebook, um, and she's also on YouTube. Subscribe to YouTube, Pentecost in a Pandemic, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, Monday through Friday. Thank you so very much, Bishop Vaughn, for being thank with us on so today. Thank and you. thank you, audience, for being back with us in our new year, mm -hmm. 2021. God bless you, and we look forward to seeing you on next week. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.